Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast brand new YouTube page. The hockey guys are giving away a hoodie to celebrate their new YouTube channel. Register today at SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash HGE. All right, DJs, welcome back. Uh, if I'm doing the ad reads, it means Boston Capper is still on hiatus. Uh, he says he doesn't have Corona, uh, but his throat is apparently on fire and he slept all day. It definitely sounds like he's got a coronavirus, but in his place <laughs> is uh, our producer uh, and SGPN content creator, Cameron Kerr. Cameron, second consecutive show with you. Are you getting really comfy in that seat being uh, in the co-host chair? I'm I'm getting more comfortable, that's for sure. I'm just trying to uh, to provide as much value as I can in in Capper's absence. So hopefully I don't let you down here. But uh, I feel like I got a uh, I got some good questions and and uh, a good little list here for uh, for the century. Okay, yeah, I I always enjoy when you're on the show because you know listen, you know, Capper's got his own takes and he kind of digs his heels and stuff. You, I feel like I can kind of manipulate and. You know, yeah, get you on my exactly. side with these arguments. And, you know, you always come with good questions, too. And I always love answering questions for not just you, from everybody in Discord. You know, we had somebody asked about Eric Cole uh, in Discord earlier. And I answered that question once. We will certainly talk about him uh, shortly. But what I want to ask you, too, is, you know, listen, this is the first time we've had you on a, a, a golf podcast. Well, technically, he showed up for the, uh, the mailbag. But, um, you know, so I... I I, I would say probably the last year or two, probably you've been much more serious betting on golf. Is there anything you want to do differently this year? Maybe a, some sort of new resolution as far that as what a, you want to, yeah, as far as what you want to either bet on more or maybe scale back on. Uh, what's something you maybe want to do differently with golf gambling? That is a great question. So uh, golf gambling is, is really, uh, is really unique. And there's a lot of ways to get a sweat, obviously, which is why we love it. Um, I I want to start doing more matchups. I kind of started doing more matchups towards the end of the season, and I had like I had some success doing it. And I I just got in this position with placements where I wasn't really having fun sweating like a guy who's twenty first to make a putt on 18 to jump up into into the top 20 and and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just hit at this lull where last season where I just wasn't having wasn't enjoying it as much. So I tried to you know switch up, switch it up, go up go to some matchups um, and found some edges there and had some success. So that's one of my New year's resolutions. Uh, the other one, I started doing this probably halfway through the year. Um, bet all my outrights top five. If you if you have bet three sixty five, I think you can get like top twos, top top threes. Maybe not risk as much. 
but um, there were a couple uh, outrights that I hit last year where I also had a guy, another guy in the top five, turned a really good, really good week into a really great week. Uh, and then sometimes you get that um, that that second, third place guy that maybe you got two of them in a playoff and neither of them win, but you still get you know your money back. Is that a uh, reference <laughs> to the Rocky Mortgage? You really want to bring back that trauma for me? I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's that's. I think that's probably the worst beat I've ever had. <laughs> Is how that went down, and then I went away, and people thought I quit. Uh, I, I, I think you bring up some good points. The thing with the positionals, so that's usually been my bread and butter, and. You kind of hit on it, and it's one of the reasons why golf is, this is, I guess, a hot take, a kind of a tough sport to enjoy gambling on is if you don't have an outright in the mix, chances are you're never going to see the player you bet on hit a shot because the TV coverage is so bad and they're buried and you're basically just refreshing your phone like a crack addict over and over and over, and you got you know the wife glaring at you saying, hey, can you pay attention to the kids, not your phone? Yep. So I haven't been in that situation ever at all. Uh, do but <laughs> one thing I want to do, and I kind of mentioned this um, in our mailbag show. I think it was the mailbag show. I think I need to have a little more imagination with my bets. Okay. I think I need to expand my mind with the possibilities that, you know, maybe that long shot will hit. Maybe I should go with my gut a little more. Maybe I shouldn't just rely just purely on the stats and kind of go with my feel a little bit. And also, I've been seeing you guys have a lot of fun on Thursdays, and I typically have avoided first-round leader bets and positional bets. And you know what? We're going to start doing that this year, starting as a century. It's so funny whenever you actually put out uh, first-round leaders, you pretty much, I think every single time you hit one. Like I remember the Masters, you put put some out and you hit Brooks or... uh, No, it was Vic, maybe. Um, But yeah, I'm excited for... Uh, so uh, that's uh, on that note. I want to start doing some uh, some more make the cut parlays. Um, I do have a book that that offers like you know people to make the cut. So you get your Thursday sweat with the first round leaders. Then you need a Friday sweat. Saturday you uh, get all your stuff done, hang out with your kids, and then Sunday you got your your outright out, outright sweats. So that's something I want to do more too. You know, the the made cut parlays is definitely a very easy way to make enemies in the PGA Tour is that bum who bogeys 18 or doubles or hits in the water and costs your five-way parlay. You know, that's a way to really <laughs> say, you know, fuck you, Justin Rose. I'm never betting you again. And then he wins the next week. And, you know, you wonder what happened there. But no, I, I, I like those uh, resolutions. I'll ask probably Capper if he ever gets healthy. He gets a voice again. I'll ask him if he wants to do anything differently. I'm sure there's probably something crazy he wants to do. I was his betting card, but yeah. And I, I feel like that's one thing people like about our show um, is that, you know, you have, have your, you know, your expertise, you get your, you look at your, all the numbers, all the stats. Um, and then you kind of get a more gut handicappers outlook on the tournament by cap. So like, I think, um, I think this show provides a good balance of both, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the reason why I think uh, that and our chemistry uh, apparently, I think yeah. I'm the Mike. I'm the Mike Greenberg versus he's the Mike Golick. I think that's why we kind of work over the years. Do you know the origin of that, by the way? How how we started this show? Uh, I don't think you guys have ever told me because I, I joined I in. Either. I joined in about episode 
I mean, y'all were a good 100, 150 episodes in before I joined in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, I got this random message on when I was still on Twitter. Actually, no, I think I might have. No, I was still on Twitter at that point. It was 2019. And he messaged me. And I was actually on my baby moon at that point before I first came. <laughs> okay. And I got a message from Boston Capper. I was like, what the hell is this? And he's <laughs> like, hey, listen, I talked to Kramer. Why don't we do a show? And honestly, at first, I was like, I don't know, man. Am I really going to do the show that gets hammered with a guy that gets hammered with a you know thick Boston accent do a <laughs> golf show with him? So I said, look, like I'm about to have a kid. Like this is not really a good time for me to be starting a show at all. Um, why don't we talk next year? Maybe I'll get my little my footing together. Then the pandemic hit, and everything just went to shit. But then finally, around August the following year in 2020, I get the same message from him. He's like, hey, why don't we start a show? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just stuck at home drinking wine and beer and no one's going out. And you know what? Why don't we start a podcast? And that was actually the, the first show that we ever did was the first time we ever spoke, period. Like face to face. Yeah. And to the point where uh, Ryan Kramer actually asked us, so you guys have never talked before at all? He was actually surprised with how good our chemistry was. And 335 episodes later, uh, give or take, we are still running strong. So that is the origin story of the uh, golf gambling podcast. I didn't think I would actually go into that with this show. There you, you know, go. listen, huh. yeah, new year. I guess talk about beginnings, and uh, we're at the beginning of another PGA Tour season. Before we get to all of that, uh, why don't we take our first ad break, and why don't we talk about underdog fantasy? So underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Even golf, by the way, which coming up after this show, uh, I'm going to be doing some underdog picks on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. It'll get released probably either tomorrow morning or later on tonight. So simply pick higher or lower on all your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. And just a spoiler alert for the types of uh, bets I'm going to be liking on underdog this week for the Century Tournament Champions, lots of birdies. Uh, the weather reports are going to be looking pretty good. Not a whole lot of wind. Uh, all that wind that was I talked about on Monday seems like it's kind of subsiding. So uh, pound the uh, the higher uh, amounts of birdies uh, on those props there. So watch along, make your picks, and make they make a little cash over on Underdog Fantasy uh, mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And we're all to, brought to you by the Hockey Golf Game or blah, the Hockey Gambling Podcast Hoodie uh, Giveaway. Uh, they just launched their new YouTube channel and they're giving away an HGP hoodie to celebrate. So go over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP to enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. It's 
finally get to the Century Tournament champions. Uh, why don't we start right at the top of the odds board? And okay. wh- why don't I kick it off with Scotty Scheffler? And this was a guy that you religiously bet a lot last year. So last year I did. I single bulleted him for probably at least seven weeks straight. And my reasoning was that eventually that putter was gonna that putter was gonna wake up and he was gonna win because his I mean everything else was just off the charts. And that just tells you how important putting is because it never happened. And I cash, I wanna say like I, I bet him top five to every single tournament and was able to, you know, not lose a ton, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was an experience for sure. Definitely learned a lot from it. Yeah. I mean, I'm counting. He had, uh, seven in a row from the Byron Nelson to the, uh, Scottish open. Uh, and then he collapsed at the BMW championship when I decided to join you, uh, with single bulleting Scotty. Uh, <laughs> that was a, another rough loss for your boy last year out of many wins, by the way, a lot of rough losses. You always remember the rough losses. In golf. Um, so the case for Scotty, I kind of talked about it a lot. Yes, I mean, listen, it's very easy to make this case for Scotty. He's the best ball striker in the world. This is a golf course that is going to really work in iron shots, and it's really going to come down to the putter. Um, listen, if he shows the putter that he had in Albany with the same Tifigo greens, he's going to win this thing by five. Um, but it's five and a half to one. It's a really good field. Uh, this is not the time for me to, I think, single bullet Scotty. I think looking at his other positional prices, I mean, you're getting barely – Plus money on the top five. You're paying a lot of juice for a 10 and 20. It's probably for me. I think I, I was I was intrigued to maybe look at what his matchup price would be against Hovland because I definitely prefer Scotty uh, at this golf course to Hovland, but you were paying a lot of juice on that too. It was like minus one. It was between like minus 155 and like minus 175. So yeah, um, I'm off Hovland. That's probably my pay. How do you feel about Hovland this week? So I was going to ask you about him because obviously he's probably the hottest golfer in the world towards obviously towards the end of the season. Um, and so I guess I can go ahead and ask you my first question. Sure. Um, and a lot of people who are listening probably have the same question, but um, one thing that I look at every week is obviously recent form. And people talk about that a lot in this golf gambling community. Like how is he, how, how well does he look coming in? I mean, we hit, we hit Camilo uh, Viegas and I mean, he kind of just jumped out of nowhere last at the end of last season and got second and then got first. Right. So being hot and is definitely something you look at. Right. But this tournament, we don't really know anything about anyone's recent form. A lot of them probably went on vacations, didn't, you know, maybe practice, did golf to, uh, you know, here and there. But um, wh- how much, how much should we take their last golf tournament into account? Like, I started looking at some guys that I'm going to name off later, um, and you look at their last tournament, and it was in October. Like, I feel like we can't really judge their recent form off of that, right? No, you can't. I mean, you can talk about in generalities, like saying, hey, look, like this guy was starting to improve in the fall. Like I use that case a couple bit, you know, a little bit for some guys just kind of make a point of maybe they're just kind of a better player. 
at this yeah. point. But overall, though, what I kind of looked at more was, especially with the approach um, shot stats this week, I looked at a very big sample size. I looked at the last two years uh, for strokes game per shot uh, for certain ranges. That basically gives me an indication of what you just are in general. And I kind of did a cross-reference to what you did last year, too. If you do improve in that category, I'll make reference to one guy that over the last who has shown a lot of great improvement in a certain area that I like this week. But a lot of long-term form, a lot of just relying on what I know about the player, uh, maybe looking at a little bit of course history here. You know, it's it's for a lot of these guys only maybe like one tournament or two. But for Hovland, for me, I think the tiebreaker is Scotty is just way better with his shorter irons than uh, Hovland is. Hovland is about as good as he is from over you know 150 yards, over 175 yards, one of the best in the board from over 200. But Scotty just threw the bag, um, you know, with his wedges, long irons, everything. It's just God, his driver was so good in uh, in his last tournament. What where was it? I was in Albany. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he his his driver was just on fire there too. Yeah, which is basically a, it, Albany's kind of a flatter version of uh, Kapalua, where it's really wide fairways. If you do happen to miss a fairway, it's probably a lost ball and a penalty show because we kind of saw there uh, in Albany. But um, listen, like you know, you got the Augusta National comps where hitting off uneven lies. You know, obviously Scotty. I think uh, if you're going to choose between Scotty and Hovland, uh, I think Scotty for me is the answer. But unfortunately, the books agree you got to pay a lot of juice for it. But where, where I turn my attention most uh, towards the top of the board is that little middle tier there of Morikawa, Xander, Cantlay, and Homa. And I had a decision to make. I can only pick one guy out of those four. Those are the ones I like the most. Um, I think for betting, you know, outright towards the top there. Okay. So do you have a personal preference of those four uh, between Homa, Morikawa, Shoffley, and Cantlay? I know Morikawa, you said, is going to be a very popular pick this week. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so... I won't, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and rattle off my first, uh, I haven't bet any of these guys, by the way, I wanted, I wanted to talk with you first, knew I was coming on. So I wanted to talk first, um, Max Homa. So Max Homa to go back to my, uh, recent form comment, he just won on the DP world tour kind of took away the narrative that he can only win on the West coast. Well, is Hawaii technically the West coast? I mean, he got he got third here last year. He putted well, really, really well here. Why is no one betting him? Is it the number? Is it is it too short? I think people probably are scared of his Bermuda history in general. Okay, um, you know, it's 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 one of it's him and Cantlay that definitely don't have good Bermuda history uh, in general. Even though you know people will point to, well, we want to quell Hollow, yeah, but those greens are overseeded. It's not this type of Bermuda. Um, I, I almost bet Homa here because I, I am, I'm, I was very impressed in the last like four or five months going back to like the FedEx cup playoffs too, that he was really starting to drive the ball really good. Uh, his iron play was starting to really show up, you know? Yeah, sure. You can say, well, he beat a crap field over the DP world tour. Well, he did exactly what a good player should do against a weak field. He beat him by multiple shots. And I, I think he's set up for a really good year uh, in 2024. I'm already on record for saying I really like him at the PGA Championship uh, to maybe get that first major. But I think the Bermuda history in general is enough to get me off of Max Homa uh, here. So I cut him off first. Okay. 
Okay. Um, um uh, that's that's the only name I have written down up here. Uh Xander withdrew last year. I don't remember why. Neck injury. Neck injury, that's right. Mm. And then obviously we have Ludwig, but who is new, but uh I don't I don't know. I wanted to get your take on him too. On 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 uh, Ludwig? Yeah. Well, he kind of put me in a body bag at RSM because his on paper his wedges are horrific. But RSM is basically just a lot of short irons, and he ended up winning that. So maybe he just is better in that category now. Um, I just don't really. Have, I just didn't bet him. I, you know, the numbers. These are a lot of really good players around, and he's an excellent player in his own right too. But um, I think I would, if he was in the twenties, maybe towards like where like Tom Kim was, I'd be tempted to bet him. But around like Xander and Morikawa and Cantlay. I feel like I feel I like he's gotten up. too much steam. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are going to be like, he's the next Tiger, kind of like we did with uh, Montgomery at the beginning of last season. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think I'm going to stay off from there. Okay, all right. So the guy I bet though, and I went back and forth, and I see Boston Capper in the uh, the chat. Hello, Boston Capper. How are you? Uh, get ready to. Well, I'm glad you don't have a, a voice because you're not going to be able to scream at your phone here. Um, I bet Patrick Cantlay, like I mentioned last night. I bet him at 16 to 1. I thought that was a good price on him. And the only reason why I really bet Cantlay, actually, it's a couple of reasons. First, I may mention that interview uh, that he had with, I think, Golf Digest, where he talked about inflected on his season. And he said, listen, like I, I've been, I was really close all year, but it was disappointing to not get a win. And he was very close. A lot of times last year, he's been within five of the league going to the final round 13 times the last year. He only has one win uh, in that stretch. And he was one of the best players from under 175 in the world last year. That's obviously a lot of shots you got to hit from this range. Now, the concern, obviously, with Cantley is, uh, wait, wait a minute, Steve. You just say he's not really good on Bermuda. But for whatever reason, at Kapalua, he's always putt really good here, and he's always been really good around the green here. I don't know why that hasn't translated to other places. It also could be now that he's a Florida resident, maybe he just practices more on Bermuda now. Maybe it's just getting better at this point. But I think Cantley is due for a win. This is a tournament where you got to make a lot of birdies. He has one of the highest birdie rates in the field. He's done well at places like TBC Summerlin, where he hit a lot of birdies. Obviously, went Kays Valley at like 27 under, so I know he can win a birdie fest. And just thinking about the types of courses he's been really good at recently, it's been a lot of courses with a lot of short irons, like Travelers and Harbor Town and Southwind and Maybe those are a little bit more his types of tracks. So I have been in Cantley at 16-1 at the, towards the top of my card. Okay. Uh, I, I'm i probably not going to tell you on that one. I can't do it. Um, I have a rule that I don't bet guys that that choke down the stretch. I need I need stone-cold mental killers on my cards. Okay. You know, but this is, a, this, is a soft, this is a softy tournament, though. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. It is. This is definitely one where can't like you know can feel comfortable. Not a lot of win, a lot of birdies. And he's got two you top got, fives here. You got some pineapple ice cream when you get done with your round. Yeah, well, that actually it was. I think it was my ties that one year when he said, hey, "All right, you know, last hole, let's go get some my ties after this." <laughs> so, uh, so I I love Xander and Morikawa this week too. I found other ways to get them my betting card. Morikawa will save once we get through everything. We'll talk about like first round leader and props here, but. Xander's been awesome at this tournament and he's got the win here. He lost in a playoff, multiple other top 10 finishes. I think the fact that he, you know, withdrew last year, 
maybe that's sticking with him. That's another guy who I consider to Benny outright because he hasn't won in a while either. I found a top 10 on Xander Shoffley plus 140. I think that's a good price considering how good he is here. Um, I am betting that too. All right. Okay. Um, let's see. Anybody else in this range? How about Spieth or Tom Kim or Fitzpatrick or Finau? So, you said you like Finau, so why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so I wanted to ask you about Tony. Um, so the other guys that I've been seeing a ton of on Twitter, uh, just to let you know, um, Jordan Spieth in that, just this whole range, basically. Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Tom Kim. A lot of people have one of those guys, if not two, on their card. Um, Tony Finau is one of those guys where obviously he can only win in a bunny field. So I wanted to ask you, because this is maybe a short field, is it technically like a field where we could see Tony win? Because, I mean, his short game is really good. His, um, his approach shots are going to be really good. And let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he's got the driving distance. Uh, so, like, yeah. Tony Fiano. Yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to, like, if I think the winning score is 27 under, 30 under, I don't think Tony can get there. That's really okay. just, like it's that. just his birdie rate. Okay. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. You know, he always misses those putts on Saturday and Sunday, too. I, I, I don't see Tony winning. That type of tournament. I did bet another guy, you know, under 31 here. Uh, I said it le- yesterday, Tom Kim. I got him at 28 to 1. You can get him at 30 to 1 now. And just think about it. Good with the short irons, makes a lot of birdies, won a place like Suther- Summerlin and Wyndham. So you got the good Bermuda history, good attraction. You got to make a lot of birdies there. Uh, I think he finished top 15th of Masters, so I know he can get him down on on even lies. And I just had a picture in my head of just, I was going to bet Tom Kim. Uh, almost despite whatever number I saw. I was disappointed that it was only 30. I, I was hoping to get maybe like 35 or so, but whatever. Um, I was just kind of pot committed to betting Tom Kim this week. I don't care if he's popular. Um, this is the type of track that I want to, you know, get him on because I know he can get hot. He's a good putter, makes a lot of birdies, good putter on this type of surface too. Uh, so yeah, so my first outrights are Cantley and Tom Kim, uh, 16 and 28. I have two more down the card. Uh, that we'll talk about, but do you have anybody, any other thoughts in this range uh, before we move nope. on? Um, not, not right now. As far as uh, outrights go, a lot of people are on Brian Harmon too. Um, at fifty, uh, Cam Young is never winning, so don't don't waste your money. Um, okay. Some people are betting Keegan too. Why don't we why don't we say that why don't we say that when we talk about the mid tier? Okay, okay, so okay why, sorry, why I'm, jumping, I'm jumping in. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Why don't we take another break first? And let's talk about the uh, the GameTime.co, the GameTime app. And yeah, I talked about yesterday. My brother-in-law is still trying to get rid of one of his tickets for one of his friends because, yeah, listen, they end up moving the Bills-Dolphins game to Sunday night, and his friend has a flight that evening. But you know what he can do? I've been trying to tell him all, all week. Go to GameTime.co, put that ticket up there because there's going to be somebody who's going to want to go to that game at the last minute uh, looking to get a quick ticket. And he's going to be able to get rid of the facts. And GameTime.co, that is a great place to buy all your tickets, and especially the last minute. And GameTime is fast, easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. It's got killer deals on last-minute tickets at their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. 
So, you know, it's the the place to get last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals for on tickets right up to the day in advance. And it's even got exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, anything you can really imagine. Uh, and it's got the game time guarantee means that you'll always find the best price. And even if you can't uh, find tickets in the same section or row for less, if you end up doing that, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. What a really good company. So it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Uh, plus, you can get images of uh, your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what you're getting into. So, uh, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Get last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analyst platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets have more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, let's finally get to the mids here. So you want to, so Cam Young's never winning in your opinion, correct? I don't think, no, he's going to win, but okay. I don't think, I, I think it's going to be some event that no one thinks that he should win at. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe it's going to be like a major when he first wins, but I, I'm on record saying that he's never going to win. And, and I don't think he has what it takes. Like I said, going back to the, the mental side of golf. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to win this. Okay. Can I make a case for Cam Young? Oh yeah. There's, there's plenty of cases. Like well, it's just one all, of those. All right. So first off, I mean, you get him near 50, 55 to one, like the same as like Corey Connors. I think Cameron is a better player than Corey Connors. Um, Cameron is really good from under 150. Surprisingly, he's really good with his wedges. And that's a club. He got to hit really well at this golf course. And he's got really high birdie rates. So even despite really bad putting and really bad around the green game, he makes a ton of birdies. Now he also shoots himself in the foot. I was about to say that. So that's the trade off here. And you can't really do that with sloppy play, but you know, I mean, Cam Young went to a birdie fest at the WGC match play, made a bunch of birdies, made the finals, just got hot for five days there. You know, you never know. Do I think he's going to get to 30 under and win this? Probably not, but I, it's a good price. Um, there are things you can hang your hat on with Cam Young. Maybe a, probably a good DFS play, I feel like, uh, instead. Yeah. But um, the case can be made for him. That's all I can say. Uh, let's okay. see. Let's see. I, I think you can also make a case for Sam Burns. I didn't bet him, but kind of along the similar lines is listen, not a good iron player on paper, but he's pretty good from you know with his short irons. And when he gets hot with a putter, he makes a lot of birdies. So that's something to maybe hang your head on. You know, at forty to one for a guy that has you know a lot of wins. He's got five wins. He's won a couple of golf courses where it's been mostly short irons too. You know, you could do that as well. Um, I am finding a guy who ended up dipping to 40 to one. And this is going to be another guy that uh, Boston Capper uh, cannot scream into the phone about because uh, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to be electrocuted uh, every time I bet him. But 
Sung J fell to 40 to one. And I wasn't going to add a fourth guy because I was content with the three with Cantley, Tom Kim, and then the R guy I'll talk about in a little bit. But I think at 41 for Sung J M, uh, I ended up betting him. Again, he has, like Cantley, 13 times the last two years he's been within five of the lead heading to the final round. He has only one win. Actually, I think he has zero wins in that stretch. Uh, so he was one of the best players from under 150 last year. Now, that's a big improvement for what it was back the previous year. So if you're looking at really long-term data, it doesn't look as good. But if you only look last year, he was one of the best from under 150. A really good putter in Bermuda. Makes a lot of birdies. He's got a good track record here. Got a good track record at Augusta National with the uneven lies, too. So at 40 to 1 for a guy who seems like he's always in the mix. Always gets off to a fast start, by the way. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I ended up doubling up with Sungjae not only for the outright 40 to 1, um, I am betting it like a matchup. Sungjae top 20 minus 110. Uh, I, I am just betting that and betting, you know, you know, two units on it and we'll see what happens. I, I like that a lot. I feel like that's a great um, contrarian play if you're looking for something in DFS too. Like, I haven't seen anyone talking about Sungjae. I feel like he's kind of under the radar. Um, but, and he's Sungjae. I mean, he's good around the greens, good putting. Um, He's got okay distance, right? That probably is the only the reason people aren't betting him, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I talked about the last night where, yeah, the data got predictive skill set favors distance, but I think that's more of a measurement of like what types of players you should play this tournament. It's usually really good players in the PGA Tour. It's the best of the best, and most of the best players tend to have guys with distance. So I okay. think that's why and the predictive skill sets say, oh, you got to be long, good iron player, good around the green, good putter. I think it's more this is and, and you compare it to, you know, who's been best at this tournament. It's been more Kawa and like Tom Hoagie played well here last year. JJ Spawn played well last year. Um, Spieth, when he was doing really well, at this tournament didn't have as much distance as most guys too. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily have a lot of pop to do well here. I think this golf course more promotes what you're good at and if okay. you can be very efficient to get the ball in the hole um and make a lot of birdies doing it and that's why i think getting a guy like 41 where i know he can go really low he's won summerlin before um that's i i end up just saying okay at that point it's too good for price me to pass up um okay before so before we go before we go any further into the mid-range um do do you, if gun to your head, do you think that the guys who are betting one to two guys in that in that upper, you know, or that lower range um, are going to win? Or do you think the the strategy in this tournament is to spray kind of spray the board and go hope someone in the, you know, 100s, 90s, 70s, 60s wins? I mean, based on recent trends, it's been top of the board that hits at this tournament. Okay. Uh, I think the worst odds to hit the last seven or eight century tournament champions have been 30 to one. Now, granted, that was only with like 35 guys. This is now 50 guys. So Harris English might have been like, I think that was, he was like 30 to one when he won. He might have been like 50 to one if we had this type of field. So okay. you know, and there's a lot of really good players who can put up a lot of birdies from, you know, 30 to one to like, I would say probably your limit is probably, I mean, other, I, I, I'm a hypocrite because I went past this for my last guy, but I would probably say once you get past like Burns and Cam Young and Brian Harmon, it's probably a little ambitious to think this guy's going to beat 
all of Scotty, Hovland, Morgan, yeah. Sander, Cantlay, Ludwig. Yeah, I have a I have a lot of guys. I feel like I have a lot of guys that look good on paper that just have no shot at winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you know, maybe I want to ask you about them because maybe it's a good opportunity for a matchup or something. Okay, all right, um, there you go. Yeah, so, so from here on, I I have one more outright, and I have a couple of positionals. But uh, why don't you start to why don't you ask me a couple guys in this range? That you okay, have? so I'm definitely betting Eric Cole. Um, I think he he's one of those guys that has the mental fortitude to get there to to bring to to lift the trophy, but just has gotten really close and hasn't. I don't know if it's going to be here, but I mean, sixty to one. Um, why not? I mean, okay, I, I bet him at freaking fifteen to one. I feel like at the end of last season, so um, I can't stop now. Uh, and then Sahith Tagala, we, we all like him. Uh, our friend Byron likes him this week. Um, his big weakness is what, obviously the, um, driving accuracy. He's, he's just a wild off the tee, right? As we know, that doesn't really matter here. He's good. He's a great putter, great around the greens has decent, uh, driving accuracy, uh, maybe I, I I need your advice on his iron play, but um, I love Sahith Gala, and I think he. I mean, I think he can do it in this field. It, even so, I mean, he's got the talent for it. I think the only other weakness, which is enough for me to get off him, he's really bad from under one fifty. Really okay. bad irons. I mean, like not terrible. He's like PG two or average, but with the best of the best, you can't. This, you can't be average. Yeah, average is back yeah. half of the field at this point. So yeah. yes, he makes a lot of birdies. I do like that. I think if you're gonna bet Sita Gala, um, I think maybe a first round leader might be a good bet. Yeah, you know, or okay. maybe like top five after round one because I feel like with Sahith, it's you're gonna know immediately if he's got it. So I, th- I think I like that route with him. Uh, he's actually been. Um, you know, over the last two years or so, you know, he's gone off to a lot of really fast starts uh, in his career. But the, the yeah. short iron game was enough for me to get me off. And as far as Eric Cole, listen, like the case is very easy for Eric Cole. I, I, I mentioned this in Discord. What am I looking for this week? Guys are really good with their short irons. Eric Cole is really good with his short irons. Guys make a lot of birdies. Eric Cole made a lot of birdies last year. Uh, good putter on Bermuda. Eric Cole is really good putter on Bermuda. Do I think he's actually going to win? No. Do I think. Uh, a top 20 on him plus 150 is pretty good. I like that. Uh, there's a couple other props I have on him later on for a fast start because he's been okay. one of the fastest starting guys in the PG Tour in his uh, right? career. Yes. I'm going to quiz you actually uh, in a little bit on that. But yeah, so I, I like Eric Cole. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are going to like Eric Cole. This is not really a surprise. I think he's going to be pretty chalk in DFS. But the case is very easy to make for him based on what you're looking for. So I'm just, I'm not just, I'm just going to write it. I think the plus 150 for a top 20, given his talents and how I think he can do with this golf course, I think it's, that's reasonable. So that's, that's where he's on my card. All right. Um, And then uh, our current U.S. Open champion. Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark. So Wyndham Clark might have come back to earth a little bit. Didn't have the best fall, although he did pretty. Did he? Did, was he at the Hero World Challenge? He was, uh, and he got nineteen. How did he do? 
Okay, so he got dead last then. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, so he did. He he shot plus two. Will Zalatoris shot plus eleven. <laughs> All right, so yeah. he was he was next to last. It was mostly around the green. All right, so he hit the ball there. Look, I mean, since the Tour Championship, you know, 56 at the end of the a Masters, T37, the Dunlop Phoenix Tournament. I don't have stats for that for him, but that was a very weak field, so I can't imagine he did all the great. And then next to last, the hero. He um, lost all of his strokes around the green. He, he did. He's had some clunkers with the irons uh, recently. So look, like I mean, like a lot of stuff, you're, you know, for Wyndham Clark, at least – you know, long term looks okay if you're going past, you know, you know, basically around the US open time. Since then, it's cooled off. I get the case for him. High birdie rates, good putter on Bermuda. Not really for me. I think he might have turned back into a pumpkin, in my opinion. Okay. okay. Um, so he looks like he got third at the tour championship. That's probably uh, you know, points adjusted, right? Uh, no, that's a, that's a, no, that's actually I think uh, legit. I think data golf, how they put it, is just how you finish as far as strokes gain, not the staggered leaderboard. Okay, so well, so it looks like he got third and played really, really well uh, at Eastlake, and then he went to Europe and played. <laughs> he played in Europe, and then he played in Japan. Yes, and then he came back from for the Hero and. Yeah, and yeah. and he wasn't and he wasn't that great at the Ryder Cup either. That's so, true. So that's also missing in there. Yeah, I, I just I've never been the a big Wyndham guy. I know a lot of people were. I was late to the party on him, and then the party was over when I was there. So I, yeah, I'm all, I'm so data. He's number two on Data Golf's um, adjusted strokes gained in relative. Uh, in relative course fit, I guess. Yeah, and th and that's all because of the driving, which yeah, I and that's all I, because of driving. Yeah, and I, and same I with Benny Ann. Yeah, and I talked about that yesterday. I don't think the predictive skill set is very okay. useful this week, just because okay. it all that is measuring is the types of guys that typically do well at this tournament, and this tournament always has the best players, and the best players tend to be pretty long off the tee, and you know good with a bunch of other stuff. Obviously with the accuracy, I can get that because it's yeah. wide fairways, but um, I think it's a little misleading uh, okay. to say that he's just going to come in here and dominate. I, I don't think that's as predictive as what it's suggesting. Okay. Okay. Um, so that probably, yeah, I'm, you're probably not going to like a lot of these guys that have low, I, I'm just throwing out flyers here at this point. Okay. Well, I got, I got one guy we haven't talked about. Maybe okay. it's on your list. I mentioned it last night on the preview show. Uh, I really like JT Poston this week. Okay. So Iron Play was really good in the fall. And actually really good like in the last like six months. Like starting with like midsummer there. Uh, in the last two years, he's been within five at least ten times. That's uh, going to the final round. That's one of the highest clips in this field. I think he only has one win to show for it. Really good putter in Bermuda. Good putter in general, decent burn. Man, he's putting, yeah, he's he's putting his ass off towards the yeah, so, right, and he's a good short iron player too. So I, I, I it was a hundred to one on him. Listen, so I think he's actually going to win. No, but it's a hundred to one, and he fit everything yeah. I'm looking for. And like I was looking at like, okay, why is Eric Cole fifty to one and JT Post is a hundred to one? Hundred. Yeah. Like, they've been doing similar stuff. They're kind of similar profiles. So I am going with a hundred to one on him. But I like both. But I, I, I just, 
I, that was another guy I just kind of had a gut call on. And look, like, I mean, like, if Harris English can win at Kapalua, I think JT Poston, based on what he's been doing, can win at Kapalua. And, you know, Cam Smith also, you know, JT Poston's not good off the tee. Cam Smith was pretty weak in that category too, but he got high with his irons and putt his ass off. Maybe JT Poston can just have a magical four days and, he, he's a good uh i feel like i see him on the first round leaderboard um too a lot mm-hmm. uh you do and maybe actually what well, is there anybody else like uh, over 101 you want to ask about i got a couple guys down here maybe you'll you'll yeah uh, I, I did I, I did some dumpster diving maybe i need to play dfs this week and just like throw in a lineup with like one of each of these guys and just hope you know hope they do well um, the main guy I want to ask, and I put a star around it, is uh, Mackenzie Hughes. Okay. So Mackenzie Hughes, um, good putter, good, great putter. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, he just got second at the RSM, putted really well. Um, and I think this was one of the good. Yeah, this he's kind of up there in um. In the relative skill chart, I think it was maybe his course history here too. Uh, let's see. So his course yeah, history. I is mean, not, he got his, nah. his course history is not great here. No, it's not. Twenty first last year, which is pretty low. And which then, is out of like forty guys. Yeah, yeah. And then he got like dead last uh, in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Uh, so, well, the problem with Mackenzie Hughes is it's all about creating opportunities for yourself for birdies. And he just doesn't do that because he's, okay. just, he's a really bad ball striker. He's really bad from under 150. So he, where I like Mackenzie Hughes, if it's like if this was going to get a lot of wind and maybe be like more like that 2020 tournament was kind of more of an up and down game. I could buy into Mackenzie Hughes at that point. I, most of the tournaments I think where Mackenzie Hughes has been really good is where guys just can't hit fairways and guys can't hit greens and. You know, then he ends up kind of wins a war of attrition just because he makes a bunch of putts. But I see, not, I see. not here, not not with dead calm conditions. Pretty much most of the tournament, um, I'm not in on Mackenzie Hughes this week, despite the fact that he's a good putter and could drain a lot of putts. But I, I don't think he's going to put himself in position to get enough birdie looks. You know, compared okay. to other guys. What about what about him versus Andrew Putman or Putnam? <laughs> sorry, um, he just. I mean, he blows him away off the tee, and maybe he'll have some some, some better looks um, than him just based on that. I would probably side with Putnam there just because he's much better with his shorter irons and okay. he's a good putter on Bermuda. But I've had a lot of bad luck betting Andrew Putnam this fall. Um, <laughs> I, I tried a couple times, and it really worked out too great for me. But... He's got better course history, at least, than uh, Mackenzie Hughes, better short iron player. That's probably enough for me to say, okay, you're going to give yourself more birdie looks, at least. So I was okay. putting him in that one. Uh, a lot of people are betting Tom Hoagie uh, this week, too. Um, okay. Probably probably down the board. And then um, the other guy that I have written down is uh, Nick Hardy. Oof. So I think that was just when I thought that driving distance really mattered here. Um, but but yeah, from based on what you uh, have been saying, I probably shouldn't bet him. Even though, I mean, it's two fifty to one. Like, why not? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Tom Hoagie one. I guess the rationale is he came top five here last year. He's really good with his short irons, 
and he makes fair amount of birdies. He also might have turned back into a pumpkin, guys. Like I, I'm looking, <laughs> I, he he hasn't had a top ten since uh, the players when he had like a sixty in like the final round or something. And uh, I've been to Maui. There's no casinos out in Maui. No, no, it's a bunch of Mormons. I think that settled, uh, you know, around that area. So Nick uh, Hardy's not that good from uh, under 150. No, uh, Nick Nick Hardy's just not very good. Period. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, that's why he's 250 to one, Steve. Yeah. Um, how about Capper's boy Camilla Vajegas? So I thought about that, but I I feel like he he's got that win, and now and now we're not going to see him. Everything that I know about about gambling and like um, in general says no. He had being all right at uh, RSM, I think, the following week. He got to a good start at least. I noted yeah, that. Uh, he, he's he's pretty good with his wedges. He got fifty eight, um, nine uh, under. Well, I know I know that he was in the the top ten after the first round at least. Yeah, he. I mean. I guess that I I didn't write him down just because he's not very good off the tee, but I mean he is really really good from fifty to hundred and hundred to hundred and fifty. Yeah, he's a good so, short, I mean, he's a short iron player. Uh, he won. Uh, it's uh, the the Port Royal, the Bermuda Championship has Tiff Eagle Greens, and this is Tiff Eagle Greens. So maybe he can continue putting well there. I don't know. So it's, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, one hundred and seventy five. Yeah, well, I wouldn't recommend maybe betting outright, but I mean, top 20, top 30, even if you can find that market out there, you know, maybe that's maybe in a matchup, uh, close your eyes against him and I don't know, Davis Riley or something. Yeah, maybe that yeah. could work out for you. Yeah, let's see what, let's see what we got. Okay. Uh, while you, all right, well, uh, all right, well, you, all right, well, you look at that. Actually, I, I gotta, I'll, I'll ask you a question. So this is what I'm going to start tracking this. Well, actually, I'm going to start tracking this year. And I, I went back to the last two years and looked. So I, I mentioned this on the show. I want to start betting more first round leaders and positionals after round one. I, I, I got to start having a little more fun with this stuff. But I want to start. I, I, want, I was curious about guys who get off to really fast starts um, on the PGA Tour in round one. Specifically, though, not just first round leader, but are are you within like two of the lead? Like, did you get into like a sweat? So here are the guys um, that have been within two of the lead uh, over the last two years. And actually, let me ask you directly. Who do you think leads the PGA Tour in either being first round leader or within two of the lead after round one over the last two years? Um, after round one, uh, Rory. No, he's up on the list. He's uh, he hit seven times for him. That is good for uh, tied for it's T seven basically with like five other guys. Um, man, I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. He's in this field, and it's a guy who kind of sucks. JJ uh, Spawn is he in the no, field? No, not JJ Spawn. Uh, okay, let me let me look. Um, I'll I'll give you the answer. Okay, it's it's Denny McCarthy. Ten uh -huh. times, ten times over the last two years, he's gotten off to spend within two of the lead of the first round lead. Well, is that is that because he's just like super hot when he's hot with his putter, like he can literally make it from any distance? It's basically a gimme. 
Basically, yeah. Like if he just anytime he's just had like has a halfway decent iron performance, you're just going to make the putt at that point. Okay. So that's a guy to maybe target for first round leader, like positions, like that type of stuff. Uh, second on the list, uh, I mentioned he's actually on my outright card, uh, and he gets off a really fast start. Sung J M nine times. Uh, he's been within two of the leader, first round leader. Uh, at eight, uh, the uh, dealer departed John Rom, Wyndham Clark. Eric Cole, who did that all in one year, by the way. Yep. At eight. And Wait, Cam how Young, many times? Eight, eight times. Just wow. in one year. And Cam Young, by the way. Yeah. It's off to really Cam fast Young. starts. And then at yeah. seven, you got Aaron Rye, Tom Hoagie, Sam Ryder, Callum Morikawa. That's a guy who you kind of know if he's got it or not right out of the jump. Uh, Sahit Tagala, really explosive, and Rory McIlroy at that point. So I ended up taking this list. And just, you know, throw it on my spreadsheet here. And I ended up betting um, some first-round leaders. Um, and conveniently enough, the guys I ended up betting for outrights and positionals happen to be guys who do pretty well in this metric. Uh, and I also tried to maybe get some earlier tee times on Thursday, although at this point, I looked at the weather forecast. It does not look like it's going to be very windy on Thursday. So, um, And they're all going off at like 8 a.m. Hawaiian time. So they'll be done by like, three o'clock, four o'clock Hawaiian time. And I think that's when the winds start going to start kicking up. So most of these guys are going to play really ideal score conditions. So I don't really care about so what's this point. So first round leader card for me. And I also bet, are you giving me in the top 10 after round one? I kind of like this market a little bit. I'm going to explore a little bit. So Kyle Morikawa, 20 to one. I just mentioned, you kind of know if he has it or doesn't. You know, one of the leaders of within two of the lead after round one of the last two years, 20 to one on him for first round leader. Also, I'll get him for a top 10 after round one, plus 225. Uh, Tom Kim, 30 to one, uh, backing up the outright bet with a first round leader, because I think you saw last year a lot of my outrights end up hitting first round leader. Also, you can get him for a top 10 after round one at three to one. Sung JM, I just mentioned second in the PG Tour last two years, being either first round leader or within two of the lead after round one, 33 to one on him, first round leader, top 10 after round one, plus 335. Uh, and then Eric Cole, uh, he's going to make another appearance in my betting card, 55 to one, first round leader, top 10 for round one, plus 400. And then JT Poston, 66 to one, first round leader. Uh, he's been within five of the lead uh, six times uh, over the last two years, or two of the lead. After round one, six times, uh, 66 to one for first round leader, top 10 after round one, plus 500. So I am staggering these bets where if I hit uh, two of the top tens, I love making money. Uh, even if I don't hit the first round leader there, if I end up hitting first round leader in one of those, obviously it cashes. Um, yeah, that's really all I'm looking forward to. I'm going to have a little fun on uh, Thursday. And if this goes horribly, then you'll never see me bet this stuff again. But we'll see. <laughs> so that, I'm, I'm, that's. That's something that I started doing too. Like just like I said with my outrights, I started taking them all T five. I started doing my first round leaders uh, T five. I'm considering doing um, only T fives. Okay, just like, that's all you're going to bet for the entire like. Your no, no, no. Card? Sorry, only first round like first round top fives. No first round leader. Okay, and just like see how many I can get into that. I'm considering that. I know there's a few other guys on Twitter that do that. Um, they just bet first round leader T5 or first round leader T10. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like all those. Okay. All right, cool. Um, you not, no Denny, though? 
No, no, Denny. I'm I'm just I'm just kind of a never Denny guy. I had a little love affair with him last summer and so so now that you say that, I I have Denny McCarthy. I have a list of my I like made a list of my enemies and featuring that list is um Doug Peterson for all of the insane decisions that he makes that affect the spread that he needs to be investigated for. Uh, I have the city of Baltimore. I have the entire AFC North. I have the city of Austin. I have the guy that stole my dogs. And then I have Denny McCarthy. And I don't remember why, but I think it was because I had like a massive first round leader. And then he just comes out of nowhere and steals it. Was that the travelers? I, I don't remember. Cause I, cause I, I think that, I, I think, I think you were cursing McCarthy at the Travelers. Yeah. Show. Okay. Was that like 62 or something in the afternoon? I think he stole it. From yeah. Him. Yeah. I think I had like a lot, like I stood to win a lot if he just could have. And, and yeah, then maybe, he stole it away. Maybe so, yeah, you had, on, like, maybe you had Keegan for the, for first. Oh, leader. that's what it was. That's and then McCarthy was. stole it. And then Keegan up yeah. winning the tournament. I don't know. I, I don't think he, I don't think he had Keegan to win the tournament. Though. No, I don't think I did either. <laughs> that was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I think the next week was the faithful rocket mortgage debacle, uh, which we round back to that. So um, I, I didn't mention I, he's on my betting card. I know Cam Davis is really popular. I get it. I think this is going to be my closing thought. I don't know why I want to close on Cam Davis, but I think he's going to have a really good year in the PGA Tour, where for whatever reason, just didn't find his way on my betting card. Um, but he's a good short iron player, decent putter, decent birdie rates. Good finish here, I think, is in the past at Kapalua. So, um, if you have him on your card, I don't hate it. Uh, just mm. for whatever reason, just didn't find his way into mine. But I, I, he was probably one of the last guys off. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys too. Where I mean, I feel like I I like watching all the Camerons because my name is Cameron. But um, I didn't think he was going to win either. And then you told me that he's already won, and I was like, well, it doesn't count because I wasn't watching golf at that time. So <laughs> <laughs> in my okay, eyes, he hasn't logic. won yet. Um, do you have any matchups? No, I don't do matchups anymore. I, I I've retired. I, I, lo- I lost my field in matchups. I used to be, that used to be my bread and butter. And for whatever reason, I just, I just went cold and I went real kinda, cold. And it's like, I feel you know, like that's kind of the same sentiment that I have with placements. Yeah, I am just, I am finding, you know, diving more into placements and I don't have to worry about another guy at that point. I've also, I also think the books are a lot sharper with their, with their matchups now where it's harder to find edges at this point. So it's kind of, capper is really good at matchups because it's, I feel it's, it's more of like a gut feel, you know, gut handicapping thing. And for me, it's, it just isn't. And it's gotten a lot harder. It's, it got to a point where it got a lot harder to be like, okay, this guy's clear advantage over this guy. They're doing a better job pairing them. And I think at that point, I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to stop doing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, is Sepp Straka a better iron player than Cam Davis? I feel like he is. Um, on paper, yes. But I think, I think just in general, they're close. So Sepp just got second at the Hero World Challenge. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's another good sleeper pick. That's another guy so, I just missed off my betting card. I think I think yeah, for me, okay. I, th- I think I think at the hero, it's a lot of long ar- iron shots, uh, which is why I liked him there. Here's a lot of short irons, and he's not very good with his wedges. Oh, 
he's better than the tour average at least like I, I have I have him from under 150 over the last two years, uh, you know, as one of the lowest rated guys in this field. Now maybe really? he was be- now maybe he was better last year. Let me take a this is that was a two year sample size. I take a look at what he so did last year. He's paired up with Cam Davis in a matchup. Okay. Uh, Cam is better than him from 50 to 100. Okay, um, I, so I take that. I so I. I take that back. So the last two years, he's exactly 50th percentile on Sharks game per shot. He improved on that metric in 2023 to 70th percentile. So he's gotten okay. better. I will concede that. So, you know what? If he's a better player from with his wedges now, I don't hate that. Um, I don't hate that play. He's, he's plus 105 um, against Cam Davis. Uh, I had, I had Mac Hughes over like Putnam or Hadwin. I think you kind of talked me off those. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to fade Cam Young. Um, it was with another guy. I liked, uh, Wyndham Clark at plus 110. And, um, I think I'm going to bet Sahith in over, um, Justin Rose. Okay. Uh, but I have a question mark by that because I think I wanted to ask you about Justin Rose just because I, don't really watch him all that much. Um, okay. yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's getting older, not as good off the tee, lost a lot of pop. Iron play is still pretty decent. Um, not as good with putter who he used to be. I, he's, he's definitely, he's steady. Like he's probably going to finish. T 18 to T 24 this week. While Sahith has a pretty high, um, you know, variance where he's going to finish. So, what'd you say? You got plus money on that? Uh, Sahith, I got no, Sahith is minus 135. Oh, that's a lot. Um, I think, I, yeah, I, I, I think I would lay off of that point. It, it could go really bad for Sahith this week. You think so? Yeah, it's it, that's a lot of juice to lay for. A lot of variants. I, I think. I think Sahith. I think. I think you really should consider like first round leader or like top ten for the okay. first round because you're going to know if he's got it or not. Um, out of the jump. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I think I want to take. I think I want to find a, a matchup with uh with Max in it too. Um, let's okay. see here. Maybe against uh, like Spieth. So. He's paired up with Xander, Patrick, and Patrick Cantlay and Ludwig. Um, he's plus one twenty to Patrick Cantlay and plus one hundred five to Xander. I would probably take him plus one twenty over Cantlay. Yeah, even though I even though I like twenty is yeah, even though I like Cantlay this week, that's you know a good price, and Cantlay could just be falling his face on Bermuda, and maybe I'm just overthinking it. So. I don't mind that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. It, any other? Let's see. Vic over. Vic is plus one thirty to Scotty. Yeah, I mean, I made the case at the top of the show. I I, I like Scotty a lot better than Vic at this course. But if Colin Morikawa plus one sixty five to Scotty, that one I would be interested in. I think that's a lot of plus money for. A guy who, listen, the weather port's kind of turning his favor now where it's not going to be as windy. You know, he could go out and mm. just win this thing and win that matchup. 
Colin Morikawa plus one twenty to Vic. I like that actually. Mm. I like that actually. I, I, I like that a lot actually. Dang. Maybe it's that's dangerous because I suck at match. It's dangerous because I suck at matchup, but maybe because I'm not actually betting this and just giving my take. Yeah, it's actually a good thing for you. Yeah, maybe that's how I'll get involved in the in the Morikawa. Okay. Um, on top of the first round leader. Okay. All right. Well, we're at an hour. Um, okay. I got nothing else. You got anything else? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Uh, NFL show this week or no? Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to record one. It depends on what capper and if he gets his voice back. If not, we'll bring you back up uh, to go over NFL picks. So otherwise, though, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to rate, uh, review, and subscribe to the Golf Gaming Podcast on Spotify and Apple. Uh, we haven't gotten a review in a while, so let us know what you think here. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on X. Um, yeah. Well, good luck with your bets this week. Good to be back in the swing of things. And uh, we'll see you on Thursday for our NFL pick show. That's all. Let it ride.